What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passion DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael. My co-host today is the one and only Tony DeCero. What up? And we have a very special guest today, Corrupt. What's going on? Is it okay if I call you James? Yes, that's... So, James, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming and hanging out, and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and who Corrupt is as a DJ. Tony's been wanting to get you on the show for a long time, so I've been really looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, You know, Corrupt is electronic producer, hybrid DJ. I like to use the word hybrid. I like to implement all styles into my performances. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just like to entertain... I like to do a challenge myself with different types of shows and production. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up loving house music, started with that. And now I just uh, have a passion for all types of music and, uh, you know, nightclubs, festivals and sharing um, the way I present that those styles. Did you start out as a DJ performer or did you start out in production and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, I was a DJ first. Um, I wish I was a producer first at a young age. That would have been very convenient but uh no I, I was about 19 when i started djing had no idea what i was getting myself into and how much i was gonna really enjoy it and then uh around 21 i was like all right i really want to do this where did the name corrupt come from um to be honest it was a username video uh, video game username on <laughs> so a, many of <laughs> yeah. started that way yeah yeah i just kind of ran with it i had no idea that it was gonna become a big logo and brand and uh yeah, it was just a shooter game that I played in high school with some friends and um, just kind of ran with it, you know. And how do you two know each other? I don't know how we actually met. Um, obviously to the Columbus scene. Um, I don't know if it was through the company that I work for now or that I was working through previously, but it was somewhat of the Columbus music scene. Yeah, I remember. I was like, oh, man, that Tony Sorrow, he's a legend. I got to befriend him right away. <laughs> He is uh, a legend. Oh, man. Uh, urban. Urban <laughs> legend. Um, but yeah, uh, Corrupt was playing a few of our festivals and oh, a okay. few of our shows, and that's how we kind of started interacting with one another, maybe stage managing while he was playing. Yeah, for sure. So <coughs> you you also have a history as a promoter, is that true? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, just kind of naturally uh, happened um, being next to Ohio State, uh, just realizing the benefit of you know, reaching out to them and uh, just getting a bunch of friends in your corner to come out to your shows sure. weekly, um, you know, gave you more opportunity to play. Um, so it was a huge advantage. That's a difficult task to get everybody to come out weekly. Yeah. yeah. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I read, I think maybe it was in your bio that you were doing like four shows a week or something like that for a while. That's a that's pretty hot schedule for for doing this sort of thing. To wear you out, or is that is this what you what energizes you? You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before I was doing that, I was working a full time job, and then kind of took a chance and left that and came to DJing full time. And you know, you still had to pay your bills, and uh, I was fortunate enough to get opportunities that that many opportunities a week, and uh, that's another reason why I had to build such a you know, big network of friends to come out and support. Sure. So. So, I mean, how do you go from playing those college parties to what you're doing now? Because now, I mean, if you look at your your sort of DJ resume, I mean, you're you have this residency. We can talk about that, but you're you're opening for all these great acts, like these 
some of the biggest names you ever heard of in the deep, sure. you know the EDM or the dance music industry. I mean, how do you get from there to here? Uh, consistency, you know. Um, I never really got settled in and never was really satisfied with where I was. I still am not. Um, consistency with uh, learning and just being humble and opening yourself up to um, improving in every every aspect of the industry. Um, you know, just it's easy to get comfortable, sure. um, especially when, you know, I had that full-time gig uh, three, four days a week, at, you know, but you know what your goals are, your ultimate goals are, and you know that everyone's trying to do that same thing, so you have to wake up and get to work. So were you, were you playing dual roles there, the DJ and promoter, uh, when you were doing the college parties? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, at first it was, you know, promote the venues, promote their events, and then that kind of turned into, okay, now... I need to promote my brand, promote my sure. music. So, One thing that I noticed, too, that I like about what you do is you have a pretty big group of ambassadors. Yeah. Yeah, a big group. I mean, if you look at, at the show, I mean, you know, even some of the shows that you play on that you're opening the show, you're playing and there's, you know, 50, 100 people in front of him with, you know, <laughs> corrupt banners. And I mean, you know, <laughs> he's got literally a huge group that oh, that's great. They, they post his events, you know, anytime anything corrupt is posted there, you know, you see my timeline floods because I'm friends with, you know, quite a few of them. Yeah. My timeline floods with it. And that's, that's a pretty big deal. You kind of have like a street team <clears throat> thing going then for yeah, your yeah. personal brand. That's Absolutely. Great. Everyone wanted to be involved some way. You know, everyone loves the music that you love. And um, it was really cool to, to start that. What is the music that you love? You started in house, but what else uh, gets you going? Yeah, so it still is house music. I mean, that's my number one. Um, You know, when I'm in the car, I'm listening to house music. But now, you know, when it comes to my style of performing, DJing, production, I just appreciate all styles now. You know, I've kind of evolved with the time, um, and I kind of know what works, what doesn't work. And it's it's truly what I want too. It's not just what works. It's it's truly what I like as well. Well, that really helps, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to make sure that we don't skim over you as a producer because you've had a lot of success in that. I was skimming through your SoundCloud and you've got quite a bit of activity going on there. And I'm sure there's probably other channels that you you know push to as well. So, um, do, did you have like a particular I don't know aha moment or like a, a certain track or something that kind of put you on the map as a producer? Yeah, um, you know, I I still am trying to get quote unquote on the map, you know. Um, but early on, uh, my first quality releases, I got some big radio hits from uh, Tiesto, Don Diablo, Alice in Wonderland, and you know that was that pretty was pretty major. Yeah, it was pretty big, and it was very motivating. And um, let's see, yeah, I just kind of released, um, sent those tracks to managers and labels. And then that's how the radio play happened. And after that, I just tried to find a niche style and sound that I was comfortable with, that I felt like I could excel with. What's that moment like when when you're like, I don't know if somebody told you if you happened into it, but you're like, oh, Tiesto is like hammering one of your tracks right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a pretty awesome. I'm not gonna deal. lie. I remember exactly when when we found out um, the label that we released with emailed me, and they're like. Tiesto just played your track on Club Life, and I was at an after party 
after one of my shows at the time and I <laughs> I shut the music off and I yelled really loud at the party and we all hit the floor and oh that's awesome and that's the last thing I remember that night so. that's <laughs> <laughs> well that's super cool because then you got to have that moment with like you know you're already kind of in that celebration mode and oh all yeah friends with you and that's yeah, gotta be pretty definitely cool to, a memory I won't forget yeah for sure. that's awesome well, um, I asked you to bring in some of your tracks. Maybe we can uh, listen to uh, one of your either originals or remixes and uh, share sure. that with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, so what you, would you bring in for us? Uh, this first one, I believe, is a new remix I just finished in the fall um, of All American Rejects, Move Along. I was a huge uh, yeah, okay. alternative rock fan, and I used to go to Warp Tour and saw them there and nice. even crowd surfed, and it was just a... <laughs> really good time and you know i just wanted to bring back my own style to that track move along so okay great let's give it a listen Wow, that's really nice. That is. Well, I really like this because it's it's it really brings it into a modern context. really big synth work yeah absolutely it's what do you like to work in i use salinth and serum for synths so, okay um what, what uh daw ableton 9 ableton okay yeah make sure we can still hear that a little bit yeah that's really cool that's Thank uh you. so my wife and i have a, a track or a, a like a spotify playlist that has like a lot of stuff from this era that's very yeah. similar on it absolutely and, and it's one of those really catchy songs that once i hear it come across it gets stuck in my head and stuff so it's it's pretty cool to hear this in a, an electronic modern context yeah thanks man and you know that last year i really tried to focus on doing a lot of remixes i'm trying to get people's attention with tracks that they're familiar with putting my own twist on it so they'll they're more likely to press play and check out my sure. music so people that are not familiar with electronic music can get to it you know that's yeah something familiar so do you play a lot of your own originals and remixes when you play out yeah a lot of my remixes for sure um the electronic shows i'll be able to throw in an original sometimes yeah. uh in the club i can if the energy's high I'll make a bootleg or something to yeah. one of my drops, but what do you do? You prefer to make remixes or straight up originals, or do you have a preference there? It takes me a lot longer to make originals. Yeah. Uh, melody creation is still something I'm trying to prove with, but 
Um, I like both, you know, I, if I have the right stems and the right acapella, I'd love to do a remix, Yeah. you know, but originals are, um, a challenge that I love, you know, I really like, I know that they're important. Um, and, uh, I have a lot of unfinished originals. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's maybe talk about your residency a little bit. Um, tell us about that and how that's going and what, kind of what your role is there. Cause I, I imagine you're, are you doing some promotion there as well? Yeah. Okay. Um, Dahlia in Columbus is my residency. Uh, I play there. If I'm not traveling, I'm there. And, uh, their their Saturdays are just out of control packed. Um, their Fridays um, are their show nights, so those are also packed. We always have a an EDM guy come in on a Friday, and uh, let's see, Thursdays we just started a new hip hop night, which is okay. Really doing well. You play um, that as well? Yeah, okay. yeah, exact. I mean, I like all music. Um, we brought in some new DJs that we're kind of experimenting with, and uh, so every night has its own theme. And everything seems to be growing pretty quick. And uh, I also have some residencies in uh, Cleveland. I have a once a month residency up there at Magnolia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Magnolia and Forward. So uh, that's in the flats, and that's just been really great too. So you kind of do like the like an op- open format thing, or a, or do you play like it, since they're theme nights? It's like so you come in and play hip hop Thursdays, and then is it like EDM style stuff the rest of the weekend or? Yeah, so Saturdays I'll, I'm really able to do my thing. I feel like okay. you know it's just I'm I'm still playing my EDM, but I'm mixing in those those mashups and sing-alongs. So like the remix we just heard would be good for a Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you know Fridays just depends on what the what the show is. You know if I'm headlining, I'll be able to throw down you know high energy electronic. If I'm opening for a trance guy, you know I might switch it up. Um, I just like to be able to do all that, be compatible with anything. How do you prepare for those larger gigs? Like if you're, you know, playing for a you know, big trance guy, let's say Armin or Ferry Corson <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, you don't sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you know, it, I like to prepare as much as possible before the event. Um, get to know the event that you're playing, the crowd that's going to be there. Um, my set time, I try to figure out, you know, what's best for that set time. And then, you know, obviously, most importantly, you want to make edits that flow well. You want to make sure that your your set idea is prepared and that that flows well together. Um, that's pretty much. Do you, uh, like energy-wise, because we always have this come up where uh, some people will say, like, you know, bang it out and show what you can do. And then you know, the other side is like, you know, keep it chill and kind of lead into the, you know, what's, what's your perspective on that? Like as from an energy perspective, assuming you're doing like a direct support role. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a pretty sensitive subject because it depends on the type of show there, there is a need for proper opening support for certain artists. Um, and the problem with a lot of up and comer artists is they don't get their opportunity in the spotlight and uh yeah so they when they finally do they want to just go crazy um but if it's going to be for a trance show or a, you know like a eric pritz or something like that you're going to have to throw down a proper opening set yeah. um you know in the open format circuit when you're opening for somebody your job your number one job is to create a party and uh you know play what you need to play maybe not play the most the popular 10 tracks right before the next guy but right. Um, you know, just kind of, it just varies. I feel like. How do you feel about requests? 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm trying to poke the bear over here. It just it, you're going to play those tracks usually anyway. What it, like recently all the requests that I get are tracks that I'm going to play. Um I'm not a huge fan of requests, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, that's fair. But uh if it's a if it's, if it's a friend coming up to me like play this and I can actually play it, I'll play it, but most of my friends try tell me to play something really crazy that I can't even play. So, <laughs> one thing that I got um, that I got kind of turned off by when I was opening a lot of those shows for Donnie and stuff, as time went by, I was playing more um, more darker, proggier stuff that kids now just don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand. They don't understand <laughs> at all. Um, and I talk about it all the time when I was I was opening a Morgan Page show, and there was a guy playing before me. He played. Um, he started off playing some Jay Z stuff, and he got the he got the gig because he sold a bunch of tickets. Uh, and then, no. and then he played from nine to ten. I went on at ten, and the hundred and fifty people that were there were like, "God, this guy sucks." Talking about <laughs> me because you know I'm playing more like chill stuff leading up into Morgan Page, and it was. Um, they were there to hear what their boy was doing, and right. didn't get it. Right. So, um, how do you feel about? house music blending with the edm can you get away with any of that stuff now yeah like deeper stuff and yeah exactly definitely um the deeper stuff it has to be the, like the hottest deepest stuff mm -hmm. to be mixed in with that um you know fisher mm -hmm. is big right now you can kind of incorporate that into uh really any type of set um dirty birds definitely making a crossover yeah exactly everyone loves house music but it also depends on uh, what city you're in, I feel like, because, you know, I've been in L.A. recently mm -hmm. and their culture is completely different than yeah, for sure. some Miami spots or uh -huh. some, you know, New York. So I, I don't know. I, I think it just depends on the area and the way it's presented. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the other uh, locations you've played outside of Ohio? Um, I've played San Diego. I've played um, the only out of country gig i've had was in mexico okay um i do have something ho hopefully confirming in the next few weeks in canada but oh that's cool. um, nice. yeah so san diego la um, miami chicago detroit um played electric forest twice haven't you yeah and i'm coming back this this summer too so that'll be great that's gotta be fun yeah definitely my favorite that, that forest is like no other Really, I mean, there's no words. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, opening up for all these headliners, who has been your top three that you've got to open up for? Okay, um, number one is going to be Eric Pritz back at Red Zone okay. with you. That nice. was uh, nice. Yeah, I opened for Tony, but I felt like I opened for Pritz because I closed for him. Yeah, you went on. So that yeah, too. so we both got a really good opportunity there and this the whole night was went perfect i feel like i got to run back there and meet him and talk about you know his his release at the time and that was a big deal because he doesn't come over here very often exactly he, he's afraid of flying or something like yeah, that it was the rumor anyway yeah i believe that's like true and uh he was my he still is my number one like his track every day is going to play at my wedding if i ever get he there he is amazing mm. i mean even even live that guy's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. Oh, man. I've opened for a lot of shows. Um, 
I believe it because looking at your schedule, just like active upcoming gigs on your website, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's quite a list. <laughs> yeah. Some of the years ago events just felt like they were more special just because, uh, you know, now it's, it's more about setting up the party versus playing like a full underground set. Kind of what Tony sure. was mentioning, where he used to play opening a proper set. Um, you still do that, but you you have to make sure it gets busy first. <laughs> like <laughs> you have to make sure that the people are in there ready for that music first. Um, de- depending on the show, and depending on the venue. Do you? prefer like the because you played like the festival scale stuff and then you've played like the smaller you know intimate nightclub gigs kind of what do you like to do if you had a preference or a, a choice yeah um you know i really like festivals i love the energy and uh atmosphere um and i prep specific edits for festivals that i oh, really enjoy okay. um but i also like the intimate nightclub experience i mean each each is a completely different style for me. I like to go a little harder at the festivals and jump around on the stage and okay, yeah. you know, be a little bit more hype on the mic. And then at clubs, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hosting on the mic and I'm, you know, quick transitioning and playing different, like kind of more dancey stuff. And instead of fist pumping stuff, I get, yeah. you know what I mean? Kind of, or, you know, shuffling kind of stuff. So, so you could kind of go either way, just to, you you present a different version of Corrupt, depending on... Yeah, and I'll still incorporate the same tracks, but they'll just be presented differently. So, in what way? Like, in as far as track order, or... Yeah, um, energy building, um, yeah. you know, for example, you know, you might have, like, a... I play a lot of trap at festivals. I might throw in a hard trap track prime time at a nightclub but i might start with it at a, as an intro okay you know at a festival just to set the yeah. tone immediately um yeah that makes sense so um want to play another track sure cool uh what's the track number two on let's there? see here this is a an original um that called inside this dream it's a kind of like an electro house style i like that already this was a part of a two-track ep um, and this released on Liftoff Recordings, which is Disco Fry's label. Oh, okay. Great. get a moving track yeah. that's fun I like that one a lot 
So I, I can tell that you have a lot of different influences just by listening to this one track. I was about track. to say, I heard yep. some trance, I heard some house. Yeah, a little that electro EDM yeah. stuff, a little, yeah, it's... Really it's like it's it. all over the place, but in I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I love those little twinkle scents mm -hmm. right there. really hard to sit down and listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? We're all just bobbing. So as a producer, who um, who influences you? Um, I do I do a lot of Electro House guys. Um, a lot of like uh, Sick Dope, Abstract, Too Loud. Um, so, and then the remixing is more like me kind of getting out of my shell with trying to be melodic and... Uh, okay. The only melodic original I did was with uh, this Cara um, called My Type, and it was it was something I was trying to, you know, Don Diablo inspired, um, and I'm still trying to learn like melody creation. So I do a lot of this darker stuff because uh, sound design for this is a lot easier for me in melody creation. And um, that's interesting because I'm the complete opposite. I I can create melodies. I need to without, talk to you <laughs> without too much trouble. He's a great, sound that, great piano player. Yeah, yeah see, that's the thing. I don't have uh, the the piano history, which is why I was saying, you know, being a producer first would have been huge at a younger age. Um, when did you did you start with the the DJing thing? At, at, was it twenty one? You said yeah, nineteen actually. But nineteen. Okay. And I didn't start learning to produce until I was twenty six. Okay. So that's that's kind of exactly flipped for me. I started out tinkering around with with amateur production and then i was like how would i ever perform this and then so that's what get, dj got my attention from there so that's pretty interesting yeah i mean i've taught a lot of friends how to dj and they're like well teach me how to produce i'm like well okay <laughs> come over every day for the next you know what were you into uh you know before the the dj days from a musical perspective like where where does your your musical passion kind of come from um yeah i mean i was on the when electronic music was on the rise, I kind of was going to the festivals like everyone else and just in love with like electronic music, even in Cascade at the time and Dead Mouse and yeah, um, you know, I'd go to clubs, I'd dance. I just liked everything about it. I would always look at the DJ and be like, oh my gosh, that guy's like a god right now. Like <laughs> <laughs> He's like up there and he's just like doing his thing and he's got all these people and the lights are going crazy. Um, and then also my cousin was, a, is actually a radio DJ in North Carolina and she was kind of telling me about what she does. And I don't know. I just, if you love music, you should do, you should do something with music. So that's great. Were you, your parents uh, musically inclined or anything? No, in fact, I'd come home from high school every day and the country music channel was on. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe went a this different is direction, just one then. big protest. Um, <laughs> no, they, uh, when I told them I wanted to be a DJ, they were like, no um <laughs> but 
thank God my mom got me a DJ set and, uh, you know, I, hopefully I paid her back. I don't remember, but she got me started. And, uh, from then on, I just practiced and then went downtown and networked. That, and that's interesting. How, how did you talk her into that? Because I, I think there, there's a whole segment of our audience that, that wants to hear about this <laughs> because I get emails from them, you know, yeah. like, like teenagers who want to become DJs, but they say my parents think it's a bad idea or they won't let me get sure or whatever. Yeah. What did you learn on? Oh man, I was two Technics and Serato and uh, a Pioneer. Was it six hundred? Maybe it was silver. Five or six hundred. Yeah. I'm gonna say, and it was one big coffin that I would need friends to help me carry around. <laughs> Didn't even maybe have like wheels. Like 150 pounds. <laughs> um, but no, to answer your question, uh, don't tell your parents you're trying to do it as a job. <laughs> Just say it's a hobby first, and then you can slowly work work on that i never know how to answer them because they're like my parents think i shouldn't do this i'm like well i'm not gonna tell you yeah. i'm not gonna go against your parents don't you know, go in I, the garage <laughs> <laughs> that's cool so do you have like a like a favorite uh performance or gig that you've done to date yeah so electric forest was pretty cool yeah so 2017 electric forest i'm gonna have to go with that four stage um very okay. intimate stage uh I've never seen that many people at one of my sets before. Nice. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't tell where the crowd ended. I saw pictures and videos of that. <laughs> they were deep. I mean, I just don't even understand. Like it was it was. I felt like the happiest person on earth at that time, and I was I I was nervous, um, but not when I started. I was like, all right, this is my moment, you know. Can you kind of set that stage for us for uh, those of our listeners and myself included who have never actually been? Uh, what what is that? atmosphere like and what is that gig like from your perspective yeah you know i it's it's big as it gets it, you it's always a goal to play at a major festival um once you finally are there it kind of all sits in and you're just you're you're nervous your adrenaline's up but i had a lot of friends around me just saying like no you're gonna crush it and all the preparation helps too you know you're confident when before you start you know you have a good set ready to go um but just you know, you don't want your USB to, you know, right. no pun intended, but be corrupted. You know, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> That's one thing that I have to deal with. Well, when I do play is anxiety. I get that stage fright, that fear. How do you overcome that? <laughs> I mean, you can have a couple drinks or uh, you can, uh, you know, you can just be around some friends and kind of just step, you know, step away for a second and just remember all the preparation that you, uh, that you put in and the reason and you're there in the yourself. first place. Yeah. It's important to be yourself and uh, remember what got you to those moments, you know? Uh, let's play another track. Okay. Let's see what we got. We got a, uh, here's an unreleased original <coughs> that I hope to release in the next, uh, is it going? There we go. So this is unreleased. Yeah. This is a very similar style to the last one. Um, that house influence another one inspired by Don Diablo Sid those guys They're funky mm-hmm. 
might be my favorite so far thank you <laughs> so when you're when you're producing do you have a um, do you have a set way to go about it do you start with your your beat your rhythm how do you start it yeah so I'll start with the drop melody first um, and then I'll go into the lead after that and uh, I won't really make my final sign as sound design till the end um, I'll just get something general what I like and then I'll structure it last. I mix down as I go. Um, master last, though. You do your own mi mixing mastering? Yeah. I was just getting ready to compliment, compliment you on the mixing, uh, the mix down, <laughs> but I didn't know if that was you. or Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Where do the vocals come from, if I can ask? Um, they're just royalty vocals I found deep in a sound pack somewhere. Oh, they're great. Thanks. You got a fun style, man. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, I felt like this disco sound was kind of coming back a little bit. Um, I started playing some of these kind of type of tracks in my sets, and people were just really vibing. You can play these in open format sets, yeah? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's got to help. So you, you probably kind of have some of these that can kind of help you cross over and go back and forth. That's exactly. something we've talked about before, too, because we had a couple uh, DJs locally in Dayton that would do that quite a bit, where they would kind of... I call it like sneaking into the stuff that they wanted to yeah, play. And, and then that's they would true. Come back, that's exactly know? what it is. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I chose the style of career I, I took. You know, I just wanted to be, be able to play a little bit of everything. Do you turn down gigs that don't meet certain criteria? Like, do you like, hey, will you play at nine o'clock? Uh, no, I'm kind of beyond that now. Or do you take those gigs as well? Every opportunity, you know, is different. You know, it's not really, if there's a big gig and the slot time is not that great, but you know that there's an opportunity there to do business and grow as a brand, I'll still do it. There's, it's not, you know, I, to this right now at Electric Force, I have no idea what my set times are going to be this summer, but I know the opportunity regardless, you know, is great. So I'm going to do whatever they give me. Um, and I, and I encourage all artists to look at it like that, that are growing. Nobody's too big for any opportunity. Um, but, you know, financially they might be, you know. So that's a part of it. you yeah. got to make a living at the end of the day. So Yeah, well, that's kind of why I ask because you're – is this what you do full-time? I guess yeah. I should. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that, that time is money, right? So if somebody sure. comes to you and says, will you play for free at 8.30 as an opener for Bob's Diner, you know, right. you probably don't 
Yeah, that I probably mean, doesn't you, appeal to you. You'll I ask guess. questions. <laughs> you'll be like, "All right, who's going to be here?" You know, yeah. like, "Do I get a free burger?" Like, "What's up?" You got <laughs> to figure it all out. Yeah, give me some gas money or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. What's your favorite city that you've played in? Oh man, I got to go with just. Oh man, it was San Diego. I think it's Miami now because uh, Miami, as far as I can tell, is like my niche it's a style. whole another world down so there. those That's strike me sure. as totally different uh scenes so can, how do they differ in your estimation um san diego has a very good night scene um and they have a lot of shows but just specifically my show was better in miami okay. i felt like i was in my zone of my like style 100 percent and was that nightclub gig or yeah 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 what, and, club, what uh, club did you play at down there wall the lounge oh, okay um right on south beach nice i think it's close to live what is your favorite club that you've played hmm i think he's contractually obligated to say dahlia <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh outside of your residency right, right. say that i'm gonna have to go with uh forward in cleveland okay right on the river there and it's uh there's nothing quite like playing outdoors at a packed club like that you know really good sound system too nice do you listen to anything outside of uh sort of electronic music and uh, what when you're not djing or thinking about that context uh, what else do you like to listen to i enjoy hip-hop a lot um same you know old school hip-hop um but now I'm starting to get into some new school hip hop, um, you know, especially because I have to, um, and then, but I like it too. Yeah. But I have to educate myself on all the new releases. I take, you know, all my uh, DJ sites. I download everything, and I'll take a listen to everything. So sometimes I'll put on the hip hop radio in the car and just see what they're playing. Usually they're playing the same ten tracks, but you never know. <laughs> just, no, just no country, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bone thugs or migos? Uh, man, that it, it depends on who I'm with. <laughs> but I'm gonna have to say bone thugs. Okay, you're with the right Good people. Call. Then. Call. <laughs> um, we got one more track, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, let's uh, that it's listen. a remix. Um, one of the uh, one of my favorite remixes I've done. It's an older one. But uh, Two Friends actually plays this in all their sets right now, so... Flume, Never Be Like You. Yeah, they played this. They were in Dayton uh, a couple months ago, November. Tell me about me, tell me 
hope there are some listeners at home that are hearing this in headphones because Absolutely. I mean this this is headphones worthy material. It's just very big and like I said, the mix downs are just really thank you proper it's clean. It's a short edit. (laughs) (laughs) I like uh, the, um, especially before the big drop, the the shuffle. Yeah. There's a lot of shuffle in your percussion. Absolutely. Which is nice. Because it's just that little bit of movement, you know? Yeah, I tried to keep it groovy. Um, The original is obviously slow tempo, and I wanted to create a house version of this and something fun and uplifting. Very cool. I like it. All right, James. Um, we're coming to the end here, but I do want to ask if, uh, you know, you've already given a lot of great information here, but I wonder if you have any kind of, like, um, advice that you would give to up-and-comers, whether they're DJs or producers or any kind of performers. You know, you've really done a lot. You are doing a lot, and seems Thank like you. you're going to continue doing a lot. And uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch. I'm definitely going to be uh, trying to see what you're doing and, and keep an eye on it. And I want to come and hear you play as well. Yeah, please do. Um, but what uh, advice would you give to people who are just trying to figure this out? Um, you know, just know that you're getting into a lot or know what you're getting into. Um, ask questions. Be humble. Um, don't give up. Be consistent. I know it's all pretty cliche, but... That's the truth because a lot of people want to do this, but they don't consistently put in the work. Um, and it's not going to happen overnight. You know, every night is a grind. Um, watch tutorials, ask questions. There's never a stupid question. The ask questions thing is big for me because I, f- I feel like so many people are, the ego gets in the way of that, whether they're, you know, year one or year 10. Uh, even if they don't, it, it doesn't feel like a pride thing, but it just seems like I I should know the answer to this and I will feel embarrassed that I have to ask it. And so they don't. Whereas yeah. you could just start asking questions and trying to figure this stuff out and be done with it already. You know what I mean? And try to learn something. Yeah. I mean, I when I first started learning how to produce, I thought I was there. I thought I was there and I wasn't. And a part of it is confidence and ego at first, you know, when you're younger, you're afraid to ask questions, but uh, you just have to get over all that and, and realize it's also about just being uncomfortable asking questions, you know? Yeah. Is this person going to think I'm stupid if I ask this question? But no, it's not. Make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that build you up and aren't going to be like, you know, you don't know how to make a salt. Like, you know, don't worry about all that. But uh, just, you know, put in the time, commit. And uh, before we wrap up, is there anything that uh, you would like to bring up or talk about or share with the audience? Any stories you'd like to share before we uh, sign off? Well, um, getting music out is tough. It, if you don't have an official remix or original, it's it's not going to be able to get on Spotify yet. They're working on it, so I think. But uh, for me, you know, my music, there's only so much on iTunes and Spotify. So if you want to check out my um, all my music, all my remixes are on SoundCloud and YouTube. And you can find everything on corruptmusic.com. Um, just make sure that when you're releasing stuff that you are 
hitting on all those make sure because everyone's listening to music on different things you know mm, sure um soundcloud isn't what it used to be but i still use it because i have to um youtube i just started getting into i didn't realize how big that was with music um so yeah just when you're releasing music and you're wondering why you're not getting a lot of plays or something make sure you hit everything um just something to think about and what are the uh is it uh, corrupt music for soundcloud soundcloud.com slash corrupt music correct and uh same for everywhere else no um corruptmusic.com but okay. um let's see facebook is corrupt music twitter ig are dj corrupt and corruptmusical.com uh, will kind of point you to all the, the various yeah, channels just right? go there and you can get to all my socials all the music and my tour schedule Okay. Well, this has been fun, James. Thanks so much for coming out. Thank you for having me. Appreciate, Appreciate it, it, guys. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, we do uh, occasional uh, other, you know, series called Pick Three, where we all, you know, choose a different uh, theme to bring in, such as old school hip hop, for example. Nice. Um, and we all just bring in three different tracks under that umbrella that we want to share with the audience. If you'd like to come back sometime and do one of those, we'd love to have you back. That would be great. Yeah. Absolutely. Just to drive away, so. Absolutely, yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our monthly bonus episode at patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ. There's where we uh, put all of our extra content that we record throughout the month that doesn't make it on the main show. We would love to have your support. And uh, also check out our merch at passionatedj.com slash merch. And until next time, keep on spinning. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Peace. Yeah.